Hey, 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 nurse CEOs. We're back for another episode. Listen, burnout. How many of us have it? It's a term that we've heard for quite some time now, many years, even before COVID. I remember being burnt out and trying to find a different way, trying to find something that would make me less burnt out. Those strategies I found are still the same strategies that I use today in entrepreneurship, because as I always say, you can definitely go from being a burnt out nurse to being a burnout entrepreneur if you do not have a plan in place to keep burnout at bay. But burnout as a nurse is really something that is difficult to deal with. And in this episode, we give you guys some tricks and some tools that we use to fight burnout. And sometimes that involves getting out of your comfort zone, like looking for another position, um, standing up to that nurse boss who uh, you feel adds to your burnout. There's just several ways that you can learn to combat burnout. So if you are feeling a burnout (laughs) as a nurse, You'll definitely want to tune into this episode to see the tricks that we have learned to cure burnout and things you can do and steps you can take to help keep your burnout at bay. You don't want to miss this episode. Hey, nurses. I'm Kiana. And I'm Crystal. And this is the Nurse Boss Shift, where a shift happens. We're here to help you shift your title from employee nurse to boss nurse. Step into your power as an entrepreneur and build a highly profitable business using the skills you already have and learn some new ones along the way. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to the Nurse Boss Shift, where shift happens. We are so excited because today is going to be a special episode where Crystal and I are going to come on and talk about something that is a real burning topic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean that literally and uh, what's the other one? Literally and figuratively, figuratively. <laughs> a burning topic. And so before we get started, it's your girl, Dr. Kiana Jones. And I'm Crystal P, the beauty NP. And we are going to talk about why we said burning is because we're going to talk about burnout, entrepreneurship, yes. how it all ties together and our experience with relieving ourselves from burnout. Um, And the reason I say this is a hot topic is because you guys know, if you say the word burnout, most likely you're going to think of nurses because nurses are notorious for experiencing burnout. And um, contrary to what a lot of people may believe, this is not something that is new. (laughs) This actually existed before COVID. Before the pandemic, we were already screaming burnout. So Crystal, we'll get started. I'm going to start with you where we're going to, I'm going to ask you about your, when did you first know that you were burnt out? When was your first that you could recall experience with burnout as a nurse? Yes. So, um, my first experience with burnout was around 2017. Um, and I know that because I created a whole business out of it. Um, but I found myself being burnt out, um, just working in the ER, the long shifts, um, the, I don't remember. No, I was day shift at that time, but I think I was just coming out of being um, night shift. I wasn't night shift for too long, um, especially back then. You would be on night shift for like years and years and years, uh, especially at the hospital I was at. So I ended up uh, getting on day shift after about a year and a half. But I realized then when I went to day shift, how much an effect, first of all, night shift took on my body. Um, I didn't really 
think it was a night shift, but when I went to day shift, I realized I wanted to do more and go more places. When I was on night shift, I just did not want to do anything. I felt like people would ask me to go places. I'm like, no, no, I just want to chill at home. And really, because I went to sleep and because mm. I didn't know how tired and exhausted I was. So moved to day shift. And then it was still the the, I wasn't as exhausted, but I noticed that um, the way my shift worked was uh, I worked, I want to say four in a row, but then I had a stretch of maybe eight off, um, but it would take me days to recover um, after that. And then I started experiencing, like, I just didn't want to go to work. Like, I didn't want to be there. I would call off. I would have anxiety when I had to go in. Um yeah, I would just do is one of the reasons almost that I went back to school for my nurse practitioner is one just to have something else um, besides, you know, because at the time I only knew bedside nursing. So to have something else, OK, maybe I can go to a clinic, which now I know that's just exchanging one burnout for the next burnout. Um, mm-hmm. But also my hospital at the time was paying you pretty much to go to school. So they paid a portion of the tuition, but then they would pay us in time off. So, um, I went to, I switched to part-time, uh, I switched to another shift where it was like two days on a couple days off, two days on. Um, but I was able to take up to 16 hours off every two weeks for school. So I basically went to yeah. school to get out of working because I was sober. <laughs> And I noticed I was burnt out. Like I said, I was having anxiety, those things. And then the other thing I always say is I didn't like how I was feeling um, as a nurse. I would like have mm-hmm. an attitude when patients were rolling in the gurney. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, and I always feel, and I always, I, I say on some things, like people can feel, even though you don't think they can feel, like they can feel it. So I like to think that my patients never felt that because I was always a great nurse and took care of my patients and went above and beyond. But I just didn't like how, like, why are you rolling your eyes? Why are you, why are you just like, Ugh, every time someone else? Mm-hmm. And part of that is because it was in the ER. So part of the, the eye rolling was because it was the drunk patient or the patient mm-hmm. who was on that drug binge, you know, so it was those type of patients, but I still didn't like how I felt. Um, so that was mm-hmm. probably the first um, time I realized I was burnt out and then started um, doing some research um, about being burnt out after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. How about you? Have you ever experienced burnout? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I have definitely experienced burnout. I will tell you, it's it's interesting because, like, I was burnt out before I had even graduated. (laughs) I was working those. I I hear some people say, like, you know, when they graduate and they start in a new grad program, they're like, nursing wasn't, like, when I started as a new grad, I realized it wasn't what I thought. And I'm like, you didn't notice that in nursing school? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely, in nursing school, when I was working those hours, I was tired. I was like, this is just not what I really want to do. Now, it could be because I was already, I think I was like, tw- I went to a, a master's entry program. So I was already like 27. When I started, well, 26 when I started. Um, so I was older and I had already kind of experienced working a little bit. So I was just like this. I knew I didn't want to go to bedside nursing, but I didn't really know how to title it burnout per se. Like I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm burnt out. But I, I, I quickly realized exactly what burnout was once I did get hired. Because of course I was convinced that they said I had no choice but to go to bedside. Like you can't graduate and then go work somewhere else. Like, oh no, that was so taboo. So once I started working, it was just confirmation. 
that I really was already not liking what I was doing. And, um, it was, and I worked at a larger hospital. I worked at the VA. So VA is pretty large, um, organization. They paid really well. So then I found myself kind of trapped in that, but, um, it started to, take a toll on me, the burnout, because a lot of people don't realize the physical manifestations of burnout. Like we say it like it's trendy to say, but like that you can be sick. You can get physically ill as a result of burnout. Like, and, and it's just, when you think about it, you know, us working 12, 13 hours, sometimes 14 hours, if we have a patient fall at the last minute, or Mm -hmm. if we're just not fast enough, right? And getting these admissions in and or whatever, Sorry. charting, whatever, you know, all of that is stressful. And then we barely, and we're my generation, like a 30 minute lunch was it. So you had to scarf down your food, not to yeah. mention you really didn't have time to take break and drink your water. Or go to and the you're doing that over and over again. Yeah, take your break and drink your water, go to use the bathroom. So you got your bladder suffering, you're not eating enough, you 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 <laughs> your mental health is taking its toll and you're trying to provide the best care you can for your patient or somebody else. And it starts yeah. to manifest. So one of my things that I realized was like I would be so tired after my shift but then the next day and the next day and nobody mm-hmm. understood it. Like, I remember having conversations with family members like, I am so tired. They're like, why are you so tired? Like, you legit work three days a week. And I'm like, what? So it was, I remember just not feeling supported. And and that actually added to my burnout because I was constantly trying to explain to people why I was tired. I'm like, you just don't get it. You just don't understand. Like 12 hours, like it takes two days to recover. Nobody care. Nobody wants to hear. You're literally running for 12 hours. And so for me, honestly, it was, it was from the beginning. It was from the beginning. I wanted a way out after year one. Mm. I wanted a way out before I even started. I apply for jobs and everything at the beginning. That's that's when my burnout set in, to be honest. And, you know, I was just kind of looking over just the numbers. There's a study that was done um, by the, the National um, Council of State Boards of Nursing just recently in 2023. This uh, was released and and actually April 13th of 2023. And what they found, in addition, 100,000 nurses have left the bedside and left the workforce. Do you guys do you guys understand what that means? It's not that they are in other sectors. They have gave flipped the bird <laughs> to nursing after COVID and said, bye-bye. We do not want no more of this. And the crazy thing is, I understand it. Do you understand it, Crystal? Absolutely. And, and that's actually funny because I had a client come in she got IV hydration and she was uh she said she was a nurse and I was like oh what department she's like oh I don't I don't really work in the hospital anymore my um cousin or sister started a business so I'm running that and I was just like oh how did you get into that and she's like well you know they were trying to make us get that vaccine and I didn't want it so she's like I left and it was a blessing in disguise because I don't ever want to look back and I was just thinking that those Ever. numbers probably include those nurses too. And it's not like they're they're waiting by the wayside to 
you know, begging to get back in the hospital, that that has only given those nurses time and ways to figure out how else to make money besides being a nurse and yes. going back to the hell that we've. Yes. We've, we've yes. It is expected that 20% total are going to leave the workforce by 2027. So in addition to the 100, that's already flipped the bird to us and actually left the profession as a whole, there's another 610,000 who say they intend to leave by 2027, which is about one fifth of our entire workforce ready to go and leave healthcare. Okay. The next thing is it says 62% of those uh, sample, they say since the pandemic, they've had an increase in workload. So remember, we're already burnt out. Right. And then you add after the pandemic, which we know was just crazy, you have more work. How are they going to get, how are they going to get people to stay? And it's more pronounced in the younger generation of nurses. Nursing used to be, and still is a great profession. I mean, I, especially when I first started getting into um, my self-care talks and my burnout talks back when I started my first business, you know, people would always ask me like, you hate nursing now, don't you? And I'm like, it's not that I hate nursing. I just, I hate the politics and I hate certain aspects um, that nursing has to deal with. Um, so but now it's not seen in that light as we you always talk about how they're vilifying us. So now nursing isn't seen as this grand profession anymore. And everyone's talking about burnout. So not only are people leaving, but also the numbers of people going into nursing are at an all time low as well. I mean, <laughs> it's all over social media. And it's funny because there is a you have those who get ready with me on social media <laughs> nurses that makes it all glamorous and I got the Mercedes and I got the this and then you have the other ones that are like don't do it burn out burn out burn out like I'm tired like the politics you can be criminalized now like people are actually getting convicted for orders that they followed from a doctor and it's falling on nurses it's 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 pretty yeah. sad it's a very sad time right now and just a lot of people are just afraid for um, their livelihood because you just mm -hmm. don't know, you know, what it's, what's going to end up happening. So some of the other uh, concerning statistics, emotionally drained, 50.8% of nurses are emotionally drained. 56% say they are used up. Now, and, and I want to make sure you guys understand that this study is not a small study. Like it's thousands and thousands of nurses that were surveyed in this study. Okay. Hundreds of thousands that were surveyed in the study. 49.7% um, suffer from fatigue. 45% say they're burnt out. Um, or at the end, 29% say they're at the end of their, their rope. <laughs> and you know, you know, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to talk about some alternatives, some options to help remedy some of this and what we have done to help remedy the burnout. I cannot say I understand the post pan or the post pandemic burnout. I don't because I was already exiting as of, I literally 2017, I was already starting my exit strategy. So yeah. um, I did work during COVID on a trial, eight week travel assignment, which is the only time that I had a travel assignment um, in my career. Um, and that was only because I had to close my med spa. But 
even then, um, I I have a different perspective, and I have a, a, a such a newfound respect for these new nurses that graduated during the pandemic and are entering into this because they're getting burnt out even faster. But I will say that you know my hats are off to these nurses, and I know it's not easy. Um, and I'm not. I don't know that I. It's funny because I, I had somebody send me a DM and they said. Um, do people know that nurses are pretty much staged in a, in a coup? Like they're about to all leave. And like, yeah. that concerns me because who's going to take care of people? And I'm like, I get it. And it concerns me too. Like as I age and get older or my mom getting older, like we need nurses. So like, right. we got to figure out something to do about it um, that can provide that balance where we're not going to have like a mass exodus. Because honestly, I think these numbers are even more than than what they are reporting here. Because it's, it's just more of the same and more people are getting tired and looking into other um, options to, to branch out. So here's my question. My next question for you, Crystal, what can we do about it? What, what should nurses do? How is there is there possible that they can actually work at the bedside in the hospital setting and have fulfillment and happiness? Or what do you think? Yes, I think that it is possible. I don't I don't know what needs to be done as far as, you know, I hear people coming down on nurses because we're not, you know, knocking down the legislative door or whatever, like going to Capitol Hill and that whole thing. It's like, I don't really know if we know what needs to be done because maybe we do need all to, all to exit for them to understand because I don't know what else us nurses can do to show these big corporations and hospitals who seem much bigger than us, um, how we can bring about change. Um, also yeah. the culture and the politics on a lot of floors is what makes, um, nursing so hard at times. Like it used to just be the nurse bullying, but now it's the nurse bullying on top of like, you have to, if your charge nurse doesn't like you, or if you're not one of their friends and you're getting horrible assignments is like, how do we change those things? Um, I remember us complaining yeah. a lot to um, nurse management about the charge nurse and how the same people get the same assignments and then the same other people get these perfect assignments every time. And their response to us was, um, imagine if you were, it was like, imagine if you were a train conductor, would you want someone telling you how to operate your train or something like that? So basically like they're in charge. Oh, well. Um, so I don't really know yeah. what, what can be done on that side of us nurses coming together besides when we strike stuff seems to happen. So when we, when we, when we leave and say we're done, that's when uh, things seem to happen. So I to fear about fear, you know, our parents getting sick, our kids getting sick. We nurses are absolutely needed. They're so valuable. They're the backbone of healthcare systems. So I don't know what we can do collectively um, to change this. I just am thinking of how are we going to save ourselves? Um, and that's what I, I feel um, like we have to do, save ourselves and a way to fight the burnout. One of the ways is to get something else going on. Um, I always say entrepreneurship uh, cured my burnout because having something else to look forward to versus um, going into the hospital and having that as your only like thing that you do and then coming home and then 
don't get me started on the responsibilities at home, but just having something else to where you don't have to be full-time at the hospital and get burnout. It's just so different when you are working on something else, you're working on dreams, or even if, you know, you're at the hospital working towards, you know, say you want to get into real estate. So you need a nice little, um, you know, um, save some money to do that. It's, much more enjoyable when you know that you're working towards something than just to be going working for your bills and then coming home and then doing it over again the next day. So I think us nurses have to get something else going on um, so that we don't have so much focus on our burnout and being at the hospitals. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Okay. Um, So how about you? What do you feel can be done to bridge this burnout gap? Is there anything us as nurses can do collectively or? Yeah, I think, I think it's happening though. Um, with the whole, I feel like nurses are trying to push for a national ratio for nurses, which is what would be really good. Um, I think California set the benchmark for that, you know? So when I graduated nursing school, that was in 2008 and in 2008, Mm -hmm. They um, was the same year or the year prior they had the governor and I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's how old I am. (laughs) Had um, signed the bill to make the statewide mandate for the ratios. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, since then, California has kind of been the place where nurses want to come. Our pay is up. We have, you know, um, the the uh, what you call it ratio. Um, patient ratio and patient nurse ratios. And so now I feel like when COVID happened, it's like now everybody's trying to fight for that mandate. Um, And so I think I'm hoping that nurses continue to push and it even becomes a, um, a uh, national federal mandate because we deserve it. Like, and I don't Mm -hmm. care what state you're in. I mean, having too many patients can burn anyone out. And then when you add the pay, I, you know, I used to say like, they just don't pay enough, but you know what? After COVID and nurses made all that money, I can't say it's the pay. I think we need, we lack that, um, financial literacy. I think that Mm. should be more of our focus than it should be ratios. Yes. But we got to learn how to spend our money. And I don't think that we know how to do that because like I said, (laughs) pandemic Mm -hmm. nurses made a lot of money. And a lot of them are now wishing they had that opportunity again, because what they did was, and I talked about this, I knew it was going to happen because they were making $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 in that year. And they were spending it just as quick as they were bringing it in. They, they were adjusting could, their lifestyle. To, I was going to say, they literally could have been retired by now. <laughs> yeah. If they would have invested it the right way, but nope. Trips, they, we have money. A lot of people Perfect. have money trips and cars and bags and, and social media. But yeah, so I, I really truly think that we, um, you know, in order for us to address the burnout, we, we have to deal with a lot of internal things as well. Like I know we want to just only blame healthcare organizations with, they are hugely responsible, but I think if we want to really see change, it's going to have to come from within. Um, that whole divide and conquer is real. You, you'll have those older school nurses saying like, I used to have 30 patients and I did that. Okay. That's not okay. Right. And it's a different time and people are way sicker and they're living much longer. Like nursing is not the same. So I think if we were able to come together as nurses unite, like doesn't matter what state you're in, these right. patients are sick. 
Um, yes. Having the support from legislature, of course, can help. Um, and then, like you said, us having other avenues. Like, I think a lot of the unhappiness um, that nurses have and the burnout comes from them not having an endpoint. Like, it's like mm. they are working and they don't know this, like, this is what I have to do for 30 years. This is what I have to do for the next 20 years. That's discouraging. But when you're there and you're working and you have a goal, like as tired as I was when I picked up that travel assignment, I knew that that was going to help me add more money and reinvest that into my business, you know, and a lot of people don't have that option and because they haven't sought entrepreneurship. And honestly, when you're working for something greater, it's a different feeling. Not to say you won't get burnt out, but I just feel like mentally your ability to like adapt and um, mentally adapt and adjust is just different. Yeah, and that's funny that you mentioned the staffing ratio because I'm like, dang, I'm so spoiled over here talking about my burnout with my four patients, um, forgetting that there's nurses in New York with 13 patients. Um, but like you said, it's not it's not right, and we'll have those. Um, you know, and I and I often would ask my colleagues in the ER, like, how did you do 25 years? And just as you said, they would always say it was a different time. Um, patients were different. They were more um, appreciative of the work that we did. Um, and we didn't have to do all these, you know, check all these boxes so that the hospital can look good or um, to please administration. So it's definitely just uh, a different time. Uh, I also think very important for us to start um, with ourselves, like you said, uh, because there's a lot that we have to learn just about as nurses, money management, where we should be putting our money and just diversifying our funds, um, so that we can have other avenues to make money. Uh, you know, they say you need a couple streams and just having nursing as your one stream. Uh, yeah, is, yeah, I definitely agree. There's no endpoint. So where you're just working in all you, all you know, is I have to work these three, four, 12 hour shifts for the next 30 years. That's very discouraging, especially one, working under, um, working under the pressure that we have to work, um, work under now and bedside. Yeah. And also I think that nurses too should, you know, there's so many other things we can do in nursing. And a lot of times it's like people are so burnt out at the bedside, but then they're so scared to go out and do something else. And, and not even in entrepreneurship, just go find a different unit, find a different hospital, find, you know, working from home is now a thing. Um, um, case yeah. management nursing, just something that's less stressful. Like, yes, we go to the bedside because that's how we're breeded a nursing school to go straight to the bedside. Mm-hmm. But after you get burnt out mm-hmm. of that, start thinking about different avenues that you can take. You know, we just sit and complain and it's like, you're a nurse, you're a whole nurse that can do a yeah. lot, but working at the bedside, mm-hmm. which we talk about bedside a lot. Cause that's the first place you get extremely burnt out at. Um, yeah. but just nurses just, you know, so scared to like take a step and, and well, this job and my schedule's great and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. But you keep complaining about the same burnout that you've had for years, like make a change, find a new department, get trained in something else that's specialized. Like, don't be afraid to make the leap um, into something else. If you're burnt out where you currently are. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I was reading an article that said uh, the happiest nurses, number one, was school nurse, believe it or not. And I thought they were kind of stressed out too, but I could see it because they get the work-life balance though. Like, so they work Monday through Friday, they have holidays. 
Yeah, they do. My mom did school Correct. nursing. I was like the end of her career. Um, and she loved it. She was, and they, and her colleagues would say too, like the best kept secret is school nursing, because really at that point, you're not even doing mm. the, the technical skills. You, you have your MAs there who are giving out the medicine uh, with the nurses in school nursing. It's basically um, like reports. Um, my mom kind of got she's a talker. Like she likes to be out and talking. So she kind of felt like she was confined just to her desk because it's a lot of reports and things like that. Um, but she's still best kept secret as far as, like you said, that work-life balance with getting time yeah. off to be able to do other things. Mm-hmm. What were some other ones? It was case management. Yeah, it was case management. That was another one. Um, school nursing was number one though. And I don't remember where the other ones ranked, but it was case management. It was also um, specialties. Like okay. if you were in IR or cath lab, you know, some of the specialties. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Which makes sense though. Cause and, um, and, um, surgery, like outpatient surgery, um, yeah. or surgery centers, things like that. And so it makes sense. So, and I'm not to say, I just think that a lot of people, there's a couple of reasons that we're burnt out. One is just because it's not easy at the bedside, but also I think some of us are in the wrong specialties that's not conducive to us as individuals, like, and they feel stuck. And another reason is because nurses are just working way too hard. Like some of them are not just working four hours. I know nurses that work six days, 12 hour shifts because they have this lifestyle to upkeep. And I think that's just sad because I know that that's a lot on your body and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to catch up with you. So I truly believe in, you know, finding something else, something outside of what you're currently doing. It doesn't have to be outside of nursing, which would be good, but it doesn't have to be that, but just like not in the hospital, not working 12 hour shifts to kind of supplement if you need to have Mm -hmm. that extra income. But I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, it's going to take its toll on you when you start getting in your forties. If you've been doing it for 10 years, 15 years, you'll start feeling it on your body. Not only that, if you have a family, they are going to suffer as well. Um, And you can't redo it. You can't, especially if you got kids, you got a husband, like you can't, you can't redo it. Um, So what are some of your self-care practices? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then I'll go into that. Um, That was actually one of the first things I did. I started calling other units, seeing where I can go in and just pop in and help. Um, That way I can, I could not do overtime in the ER. Um, I could do it somewhere else that was, um, that was um, less pressure and less chaotic. And the funny thing is I went to these other units and it was just like, wow. Same thing when I went to cath lab, I just went per diem in the cath lab um, 2022. And mm-hmm. I was just like, so wait a minute, <laughs> this whole time I was downstairs slaving in the ER. You guys were up here just chilling. They were like, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the good life. And even in the other units, you know, I would go, um, I worked, um, I knew I wanted to start IV hydration business. So I went, picked up shifts mm-hmm. in um, the IV, IV hydrate or IV, the, I forgot what they call it, but the IV clinic where people will come in and get infusion clinic, infusion clinic, yeah. and then, uh-huh. anesthesia. They did, um, epidurals for back pain. I would work there and I would just see how, you know, I don't, that's when I was just like, I don't have to stay stuck in the ER. I can find another department, but you feel so, especially when you're ER, you just feel so, um, conflicted in leaving. We feel so bonded to the ER that we can't leave. So that's just another mental thing we have to break. But um, yeah, just start going and seeing other departments and seeing how other nurses um, are working. And then that will quick quickly help you make the decision to possibly leave the department yeah. you're in. So I created this products business back in 2018. Um, and I just wanted 
first I just thought I was creating products. And then of course I had to tie that with something else. Um, so I started thinking about these products will help nurses, um, in, inspiring self-care because I started noticing that I was burnt out and other nurses would be burnt out and wouldn't even know it. Um, so yeah, when I started that business, I, I, I was talking to a nurse and she was standing at the nurse's station and she was complaining about her neck hurting. And I said, have you got it treated? She's like, no, 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 I don't have time for that. And then it just sparked like nurses really don't take care of ourselves. We don't um, get our labs drawn yearly. We don't go see a doctor when we're hurting. We don't do anything with self-care. So then that's when I started diving deeper into self-care and burnout and how self-care is definitely a practice um, that all people, but nurses especially, because that's where my heart is at, um, nurses need to start taking better care of ourselves with self-care. And I will say that even now I spent years um, researching, giving talks on self-care and nurses, and I still have to remind myself. There's still months I go like a long time without doing something for myself, and I have to remind myself um, to uh, incorporate self-care back into my life. And it's definitely a practice. So I always tell nurses like it's a practice. It's something that we have to practice. One of my favorite self-care activities that I do is my skincare, um, and what I tie into that is affirmation. So I have affirmations that are um, posted on my mirror and I just use that time of doing my skincare routine is about 15 minutes. And while I'm doing that, I'm reading my affirmations and really just taking a deep breath um, and reading those every morning and night before I go to bed, just to remind myself how amazing yeah. that I am and that yeah. um, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. okay. And that's really yeah. a great job. Um, and I deserve to rest. Some of the ones are like, you deserve to rest. And some of them I still have up from the pandemic because um, going to counseling was a big thing. I actually um, started going to therapy only because I was like, okay, I don't really feel like I quote unquote need therapy, um, but mm -hmm. I'm teaching self-care. So let me do that as a practice. And I'm so glad I did uh, because it came at a time where I was on maternity leave. So I was going through that whole thing. And then uh, COVID was happening. So I was stuck in the house. And then also the George Floyd thing happened. And I actually mm. didn't know that it was going to affect me, George Floyd, that whole incident as much as it did. Um, but also as much as it did going back to work, because I literally went back to work the first week that it happened and to sit in the nursing lounge and hear people's opinions on it and talk about it. Like it literally mm. sent me home um, so I was yeah. just so blessed to have, um, a therapist to have started that, not even knowing what was coming down the pike. Um, but to have started that in a, a therapist who can relate to me and knew exactly what it was that I was going through. Um, so yeah. therapy would be my first. It's very important. Even if you don't feel like you have like a issue, but sometimes I just talk to her and we're just talking casual conversation. I'm catching her up on what's happened the last couple of months. And then, um, I'm thinking like, okay, like I, pretty much just paid her to talk, but then she'll say one thing, like even at the end. And I'm just like, wow, I never <laughs> thought of that. Um, yeah. So therapy is really important. And also just, like I said, creating that routine. Um, I also, one thing that I still do to this day is I set a timer on or a reminder on my phone. It's at 12 PM and 5 PM. That just tells me to breathe. It just says breathe. And some yeah. days I just, it, because it happens so much, I just get used mm -hmm. to it. But then a lot of times it comes right when I need to just 
relax and breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe trying that, but just incorporating little practices and planning it. You cannot just wait for time to happen to where, oh, if I get some time next week, then I'll go get that massage that I needed or take some time. Like yeah. you cannot wait for time to create itself. You have to put it down and plan it um, ahead of time for self-care. So those are some yeah. of my self-care. Yeah. I love, I love everything you just said. Therapy was going to be my first one. Um, you guys, <laughs> if you're a nurse, hundred percent, you need therapy. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you may think you got it all together. I mean, just think about the fact of how emotionally available we have to be to our patients, their mm-hmm. families, our families yes. and ourselves. And we often put ourselves at the bottom of the totem pole. Yep. You do need therapy. You do. You do just to be able to manage it all and like keep yourself mm-hmm. mentally um, accessible to yourself and your people who matter the most to you. You need therapy. So that's, I'm agree with you. That's number one. Um, for yeah. me, the next thing I would tell you is call out. If you're not feeling well, call off. And if you are yeah. not in an environment that supports your mental health and well being, that is not the job for you. That's not the job for you. You need to start looking for another job, period. Um, A lot, there are a lot of great healthcare organizations out there. Like even as much as we talk about not so good ones, there are a lot of great supportive healthcare organizations. And if you are not well and you need, your kid is sick or whatever, you need to call out. And that's just hard what it is, like for real. The next thing I would strongly suggest and not feel bad about it. That's the main thing. Like understand that your job will be posted in a mm. hot second. Yes. Should you leave dying or find another job, it don't matter. They're going to replace you. Yeah. So you need to take care of the one body that you have. Um, yes. Another thing is really continuing to um, allow yourself to elevate. Don't get stuck in there. I, I think this is a part of self-care. So it could be attending conferences. It could be reading a good book. It could be net- networking with other people, like really spending some time on the higher version of yourself yeah. and whatever that looks like, like whatever it is that you want to be, want to do, want to become, whatever. Spend some time in that now, not like down the line. I have this app on my phone that I downloaded probably about, I don't know, maybe uh, five or six months ago. And it's called I Am. And this Mm -hmm. app literally just every hour or so, if I don't have it open, it will give me affirmations. And I just say the affirmations. So it'll be like, I am worthy. I deserve it. I can only control myself. Like, and I, and it could be, and like you said, it's right on time. Mm-hmm. Like for real, <laughs> I could be going through something, whatever. And I'll, it'll be an, I am affirmation will come up and I'll stop whatever I'm doing. And I'll say that affirmation three times. So like, um, just, just continuing to listen to your body if you need to, and don't feel bad. If you have a day where you just like, I am not doing nothing, don't do anything because doing nothing is doing something, yes. believe it or not. It really is. Like yes. sometimes I'm just like, and I have to give myself permission. You know, as an entrepreneur, everything we do is for our business. But even yes. sometimes I have to say, you know what? I'm tired. 
Like I'm not getting out the bed I, and I don't even watch TV, but I'll give myself permission to binge on Netflix. Like, okay, what do I want to binge on? It's usually something related to entrepreneurship, but still I'll look at Netflix or something, which I don't do at all, but I'll do it if it's one of those days where I'm just like, I'm done. Just, just understanding you guys, we are not super human. We are, you know, regular people that, that are trying, who is trying to accomplish something in life and like leave here empty. And you don't want your emptiness and what you unload to come from that you leave it all on the hospital floor. So it is just extremely important that you take care of yourself and that you prioritize and listen to, to your body. So those are the things that I do now. Um, and then I have a community, like I tap into my community and I, I, you know, we talk about what we're going through and then, you know, your friends should tell you like a stop, you need to, or you have done a lot or let you remind you of all the things you have accomplished and, you know, not to feel guilty, things like that, which is extremely important. So, you know, you guys, we understand that burnout is, is really real, but we do have access to tools now that they didn't have before. And, and Mm -hmm. honestly, you need to take the time and really learn yourself. Um, if per diem is what's going to keep you mentally sane, go per diem, go -hmm. per diem. If you still feel like you want to work, then just go per diem and then pick up an extra shift. If you want to, that gives you the flexibility, get your finances to the point where you can do that. And don't say the excuse of like, Oh no, I can't. Yeah. Don't cause people will say like, Oh, I can't. No, yes, you can. You just have to make adjustments and, and that's you have to figure out which I, one is most important to you. That's one of the first things I kind of did too, is take a look at where I can cut some stuff because it's like, you can't have all these bills and be accumulating all these bills where you have to work. You know, we make decent money, even though it's different depending on where we're at, we still make decent money to where we can probably afford our house car and other, you know, small things. But when we start gaining all these bills and then we have to work to be able to pay for all these bills then the the cycle continues and the burnout is never mm-hmm. going to stop so i absolutely yeah. agree with taking a look at your finances um and seeing where you can cut so that you can cut back at work sorry yes i love it no 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 yeah you i agree um this is a good episode i think a lot of people need to hear this and honestly this could be applicable to um best side nurses but also nurse entrepreneurs women entrepreneur you know, we just have to remember this right here, our bodies, ourselves, our person is the most valuable thing we have. And if we don't have it, we have nothing. So you really have to prioritize yourself. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to say a quote by Eleanor Brown. It says, self-care, self-care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. You cannot serve from an empty vessel. And by the way, when it comes to your job, your career, your business, your the nest whoever needs you or whatever needs you gets the overflow. You have to fill your cup first, and then whatever you have in overflow is what you give. But you should always keep your cup full first when it comes to your business, when it comes to being an employee. Okay. Um, as healthcare professionals, you know, you dedicate your life to caring for others, but you must also take care of yourself in order to avoid burnout and maintain your well-being. Remember, just like a car, need it needs maintenance to function properly. Your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit needs the same. Yes. Any last words, Crystal, before we go? 
just took the cake right there. Any last words? <laughs> you yourself Yay. Don't just let this podcast, like you heard it, you're like, yeah, yeah, they're, they were, they're talking the truth. I need to do something like that. And then don't do anything. <laughs> don't do anything. Uh-huh, so just uh-huh. pick one thing, start with yeah. one thing you can do. If that's just planning next month, I'm going to take a day off, meet with my girlfriends, have a great time, then do that. But at least do something mm-hmm. and let us know. Write us and tell us what you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you guys are paying attention and tuning in. Yes. And then also, you guys, as always, family, friends, nurse, other fellow nurses, make sure you let them know about our podcast. We will be dropping our episodes every single week. And we would love your feedback, your comments on other topics that you would like to hear. Again, we definitely want to promote nurse entrepreneurships. We really want nurses to tap into their greatness. And for us, it has been a saving grace um, as nurses. And so we really, really, really want to empower other nurses to do the same. Yes. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did. And most importantly, got tons of value from this conversation. Post your biggest aha moments and tag us on social. You can find all of our info in the show notes. And if you love the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and cannot wait to see you crush it in your businesses. Talk to you next time.